Suleimani. But uh, we now take a look at uh, the latest in the world of technology and uh, we uh, take a look at policy matters insofar as the uh, release of Spectrum is concerned. Now, the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa appealing to ESCOM in a statement they put out, of course, uh, in response to a judgment that came out on Monday extending the cutoff date for analog transmitters uh, and uh, appealing to Telcom here to withdraw its litigation against uh, um, the Telecom's regulator over the uh, just-concluded Spectrum auction process. Now, in that auction, Telcom spent $2 billion to buy Spectrum, but it's also still pushing ahead uh, with the legal action to declare the entire auction process invalid. And uh, yeah, MTN and Vodacom also spent around 5 billion rand each for Spectrum as well. Yamkela Spengane, technology researcher, is my guest tonight to talk about uh, the latest here insofar as this is concerned. Zlanga Mandla, Maskwa Miguelep, good evening. Good evening, Aya. Uh, good evening to the listeners at home as well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Yamgela. Maybe, I guess, for the purposes of our listeners, um, take us back to around 2011 when, um, you know, initially we were supposed to, I guess, switch off analog transmitters. And maybe, you know, for the purposes of our listeners, they might also want to understand analog versus digital. What's the difference? So, um, with analog and digital, we have to go back to how TV uh, and radio are broadcasted. So we'll know that for what we have had to in the country up until this point in time has been what we call analog signal uh, transmission for radio and television. And this means that a lot of the spectrum that is sub 1 gigahertz is allocated to broadcasters of both radio and TV, whereas when we have a digital it's a much more smaller spectrum that is allocated because the compression of, of, of what is being transmitted does not need a bigger bandwidth of spectrum than what it is when it's analog. So South Africa had said, had committed uh, working in tandem with the International Telecommunications Union to say that they would switch off their analog broadcasting and migrate over to digital transmission by 2011. Uh, of course, this was when Ivy Matete Kasaburi was Minister of Telecommunications uh, in the Mbeki cabinet around 2006. We had set uh, a deadline for 2011. Mm. Unfortunately, that deadline never happened. We never met, and we continued to broadcast uh, in the in the analog spectrum, which means a lot of the bandwidth that is sub one gigahertz was allocated to broadcasters in both the television uh, and the radio broadcasting uh, sectors of our telecommunications as a country. And then the International uh, Telecommunications Union then set a worldwide uh, deadline to say that countries should actually prioritize migrating by 2015 June. Of course, we did not meet that as well. Uh, And seven years later almost, we are now uh, beginning to fully switch off uh, the analog uh, allocation and migrate all television mm-hmm. and radio broadcasting towards digital communications mm-hmm. and transmission, which well, then frees yeah. up the, the the bandwidth for uh, sub one gigahertz spectrum to be used. Mm. Well, we're hoping, I guess, the switch off will happen tomorrow, which is the thirty first of March. But a judgment on Monday, uh, yeah, pushing that forward by another three months. Yes, yeah, so. The judgment has pushed that, uh, extending it by three months to the 30th of June. So the final switch off will, of course, then uh, take place on the 30th of June, um, a, as it's been extended by the judgment of the High Court. Uh, and so we then uh, will have 
a full switch off, uh, provided that the prescripts of the judgment uh, and the extension are met uh, by the 30th of June, where we will have migrated fully uh, to digital transmission. Uh, of course, we have had digital transmission in the country in the form of what uh, DSTV does. They package their signaling into digital, and then it's decoded uh, uh, by uh, the decoders that we have in our houses, who then uh, change their spectrum back to the consumable of what TVs uh, and analog televisions are able to receive. That's why we had those dishes uh, that have the LNP receiver that converts the spectrum to the decoder. Mm. And so uh, we have had this in parallel to the analog. But for most of the households that do not have DSTV as a service, they've used traditional analog receivers that are always inbuilt into televisions that are being sold. Uh, and so uh, now the migration means that everyone will be using uh, digital waves that will be transmitting any television and radio broadcasting going forward. Mm, mm. And I guess, I mean, this is also, there's a political economy issue around it. Um, in many ways, this is seen as one of the actions that will signal to um, not only just the investor community, but even to South Africans broadly, that there's kind of a economic reform agenda. Uh, and it does seem that a lot of the delay, ironically, by a partially state-owned entity um, and uh, the legal challenges brought about by Telcom. Uh, talk to me about, I guess, what you make of what Telcom is saying, saying that actually big part of their challenge is that we're shifting away from what the ICT white paper says uh, is a process that should, in the allocation of spectrum, confront the massive duopoly uh, that's exercised by MTN and Vodacom in this market. Absolutely. So uh, MTN and, and Vodacom have, have enjoyed a duopoly uh, since their formation in a, with the assistance of the state, of course, since 1994. Uh, and Telcom uh, not being able to take part in mobile communications because they were lending infrastructure to both MTN and Vodacom by contract uh, and, and by virtue of all of them then uh, being uh, shareholded by the government and working for different purposes of our telecommunications. Now, what it happened that Telcom had to create its own uh, mobile network operator when it, it no longer had a holding in Vodacom, number one, and number two, the government sold a large bulk of its shareholding up to private uh, owners in the form of Vodafone around 2006-2007 when Vodacom became red. Uh, same with MTN uh, around Johnny Codings uh, unbundling in 2003 and the shareholding going directly to private uh, shareholders of Johnny Codings. So the state no longer had interest and in as much telecom could now be free to create its own uh, mobile network operator. But what, what happened is that the bulk of the allocation of the spectrum was already owned by telecom and MTN. And so the natural geopoly that was created could not be reversed and competition that came was always at the back foot infrastructure-wise. And so the ICT white paper comes out and says, okay, we understand that this duopoly naturalized, of course, by the course of things that happened before the imagination of creating a competitive telecommunication sector uh, must now be undone, and, and the duopoly must be minimized. But And Telcom is arguing that if you are going to auction spectrum, uh, in such a way that it, it, it's an open-to-all allocation. Whoever brings the biggest chunk of money gets the biggest chunk of spectrum. You are not sticking to those prescripts of, of doing away with the geopoly because, of course, 
if the two guys who are the biggest who are always going to buy off the biggest chunk of the spectrum because they have the bigger uh, budget and they have uh, the bigger balance sheet uh, to be able to lend in case they don't have the money. Uh, so uh, it, it in in any case recreates geopoly going into the dispensation of the fourth industrial revolution and 5G and, and internet of things because they will still own the prime spectrum and other players mm. will not be able to compete with them in the same way that in this current dispensation they are not able to compete with them because of the sheer size of their infrastructure and the fact that they are multinational, they operate in different countries and they are able to consolidate that to compete much more effectively than localized guys like South Sea and Telcom and even other smaller uh, mobile virtual network operators and so on. Maybe just the last one, I guess, you know, one, yes, that issue you're raising there on the smaller guys and uh, the pos- prospects of them playing a role, uh, be it as MVNOs, be it as, you know, getting Spectrum in their own right. Um, and I guess the role that licensing conditions of some of the entities that are then that have received the Spectrum in the auction might look like. And then I, I guess the other issue is, of course, the issue here of our own employer, which is the national broadcaster, and the concerns that they've raised. I mean, if indeed things were cut off tomorrow, um, the suggestion being from the board of SAPC that that would have a detrimental impact to the turnaround. Uh, and the minister responding, you know, with an assessment that she will withdraw her signature from a lot of things, least of all the bailout money that's supposed to come to the public broadcaster. So it, it's a very tricky one because. The, the infrastructure investment and how broadcasting will have to migrate from uh, digital for, from analog to digital. Because the public broadcaster now has to set everything that it does in terms of uh, its broadcasting towards the digital way of broadcasting. Not forgetting that it already has invested in, in soon-to-be obsolete infrastructure that it uses to broadcast in an analog fashion. So uh, if the switch-off were to happen tomorrow... Uh, and the SABC is not ready. The time between them being ready to broadcast all their holdings in terms of radio and television in, in a digital manner means the loss of revenue uh, between tomorrow and the day that they can say they have taken live everything that they need to take live for their uh, broadcasting to cross over to digital. And it's, it's, it's tricky uh, in that the, 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 the Minister of Telecommunications needs to work hand-in-hand with uh, the state broadcaster to be able to make them competitive with other mainstays who are already in the digital broadcasting phase if we are to have a public broadcaster going forward because now it is competing with uh, private entities that have a much bigger budget and are invested in leading the space in the digital broadcasting landscape. Mm, And I guess it's a game of very deep pockets and a game of uh, trying to uh, get the necessary scale to be able to uh, ramp up these investments. Last one, Yamgela, before we let you go, uh, we've seen many telcos hiving off their towers businesses, listing it separately, all of that stuff. Um, I mean, what does that sort of hardware infrastructure side look like now that this spectrum has been released? And uh, is it still going to be, I guess, a source of competitive advantage for some players who might have more towers um, that ensure connectivity in other parts where... Other competitors might not necessarily have those. Yes, so uh, it, it's twofold, Aya. Uh, those that have towers might want to hog uh, and say, we, we've got a competitive advantage. 
But uh, we are moving into a dispensation where having a competitive advantage of which is no longer uh, a thing. It, it, it's about what you carry in that uh, uh, network that you are providing, what you are able to bring as add-on useful services to the dispensation. And so the unbundling also speaks to uh, now uh, mobile network operators are willing to lease out uh, to mobile virtual network operators mm. their towers to say, you can use our towers for a certain fee, we can allocate you a portion of the spectrum, but then you pay an additional fee for using our infrastructure if you don't have our, your own infrastructure in that specific area. And it, it, it's going to go back to speaking to, it's not about having towers, but it's about the service that you can uh, put on and create value around that broadcasting because we are moving to a point in time where everyone should have internet connectivity and it doesn't matter who brings it to them in terms of last mile uh, allocation, but everyone should be able to access uh, connectivity as a form of uh, human rights to exist mm. in the fourth industrial revolution, if I may put it that way. And it, it will take uh, making sure that all infrastructure comes into play to make sure that each and every person has a choice as to which network they can yeah. use without being restricted by infrastructure. Mgela Spengane, always a pleasure catching up with you, my brother, and uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thank you, Ayan. Good night to the listeners as well. That there was uh, Yamgela Spengane speaking to us uh, this evening for our tech conversations here on Metro FM Talk.